Are you talking shift? We are. It's time for the We're Talking Shift podcast. Now, now, now. Here to talk shift, Lori Bischoff. We're talking shift. Hey, everyone. It's Lori Bischoff here. Welcome to the We're Talking Shift podcast. This is a place where I talk shift because I believe shifting our thinking is the antidote to feeling stuck. And often, if we are really stuck, we've just got to follow that up by really going rogue and making a radical shift in our lives. Today, my going rogue guest is Natalie McGovern of Blissful Living. She's a lifestyle coach, a subconscious guru, and professional bliss catcher. And she has a really, really interesting story. Natalie used a combination of personal development work, self-hypnosis, and nutrition to heal herself from bedridden depression, mental illness, and chronic pain. After experiencing firsthand the power of what holistic health can do, Natalie enrolled in the Mind-Body Transformational Psychology Program at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And soon after graduating with an associate's degree in transformational psychology, along with certifications in life coaching and hypnotherapy and polarity therapy, Natalie was invited to be an instructor at the same institute where she currently co-teaches life coaching and hypnotherapy. And it's also where we first met. Natalie uh, has also taught psychology of addictions, master skills for healthcare practitioners, among other things. And she is now shifting her business to support her love of travel and photography And soon she's going to be offering some amazing online courses to guide people through their own personal healing. Hey, welcome, Natalie. How are you? Are you ready to start talking some shift with me today? I am definitely ready to start talking some shift with you. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I have to say it was such a delight when I met you, which, of course, was at the place I think near and dear to both of our hearts, the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, But the first time I heard your story about your own journey through um, pretty significant health issues, I was really like wowed because I'm obsessed with the mind-body connection as I know that you are. And I've been studying it for a long, long time, many years. And your story, you know, your journey of transformation was really quite amazing. And I just think that people really need to hear what's possible when it comes to making these kinds of shifts, you know, in their lives when traditional methods just aren't working for them. Yes. Well, and the fun thing is, is that I continue to be inspired by other people's stories as well. I I never, it never gets old, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm always wowed, like, wow, I can't believe that was possible. And then I'm also never surprised if it makes sense where, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful experience when you go through a healing, um, like that. Right. So, so your story, and I really, and I really want to, I want to hear all about it because I think it's really important. Um, you know, there's so many people out there that are just suffering from these so much, but so much of it is, um, 
curable. So much of it is curable on your own. And I think that that's what um, is so important to share with people is, of course, you know, there are things that we absolutely need our wonderful traditional medicine and doctors for, but there are so many things available to us now to help us heal ourselves that I think it's, um, it's critically important to share those kinds of stories and keep uh, to keep demonstrating to people what's possible for them in your story. I mean, you were actually bedridden and, you know, chronic pain and mental illness and, you know, the psych meds, you were doing the whole thing. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's so interesting for me to track how the, the chronic pain and the mental illness, you know, started to set in and then got as bad as it did when I looked back. But, but when I was at my worst, I was, uh, you know, starting to go into my 30s. Um, my mental health issues started in my later 20s. And I actually, during a time that was really tough in my life, walked myself into um, a mental health hospital and basically said, I think that I'm, I think I'm going crazy. And so that was kind of my journey. Um, it, I, I walked myself in and instead of the doctors doing a little bit more research and kind of like digging deeper into what could really be going on, they, they just instantly put me on psych meds. And um, if anybody who's listening has ever been on psych meds before, it's oftentimes not just one medication, and sometimes they will give you more because of the side effects of the one that you're on. Mm. So when I was 28, I was diagnosed as bipolar, and I was a normal, healthy weight. I was about 130 pounds, which is normal for me. And um, I was working a lot, and I was in a really toxic relationship. So between the work hours that weren't really suiting me, the job that wasn't suiting me and the relationship, and then I was also self-medicating with alcohol and sometimes marijuana. Um, so those things all together really created a formula for what oftentimes presents as mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, when I look back now, it was really bad adrenal issues and PTSD-like trauma from being in a toxic relationship, um, which a lot of the times people will present with that. But what happened when, when, I, when people hear the story of me being homebound and bedridden, when I was 28, I started that journey with, with psych meds, and I, I easily bought into it because I worked in the mental health field. So it was, it was familiar to me, being told that I was bipolar, um, being put on medications. I worked with special needs adults and children who were all on medications like that. And um, so it was very familiar to me and it felt safe to me and it felt like an answer. Um, so I, instead of kind of doing my own invest, you know, investigating and, and really looking into it first, I just did what they said, which I think some people can relate to. Um yeah. Well, and yeah, I mean, people, you place your trust in, in your you doctors do. and our traditional medicine, right? That's what we've been taught. So yeah. people just don't trust it. You say, okay, this, these are my marching orders. This is what I'll do. This is what I'll take. This is when I'll take it. Yep. And when I was 28, in addition to having the depression and sometimes what were 
that really were like manic episodes um, where I was just having like, you know, periods of time where I was reckless and I was not sleeping and I was in a hyper sexual and hyper aware state. Um, I was getting migraines. And so I was also doing Imitrex injections. I would typically go through about 11 of those a month and then was a frequent flyer of the ER I would go and get morphine injections or whatever they would give me. Um, so when you, I, so that was about a six or seven year cycle. And around year six, it got so bad that I was no longer able to, I had already attempted suicide. I was a frequent flyer at psych hospitals in and out all the time. And I got so bad that I ended up um, getting to be about a hundred or 235 pounds. So I had gained a hundred pounds. Um, and I was just so filled with inflammation that I could barely sit up without either my stomach hurting so bad that I was throwing up or, and then, and, and then to top it off um, with the mental illness and the side effects of the psych meds, I was consistently having both suicidal and sometimes even homicidal like thoughts. So I ended up just living in a bedroom in my parents' house for almost a year like sometimes it would be the only time I would leave the room and go anywhere is if it was time for me to go to a case, case like a, a mandatory case manager clinic, you know, session yeah. or something. Yeah. So, so it got pretty bad towards the end. Yeah. Oh my God. So how, um, how did that affect your parents? Because I think that's another thing that, you know, is so important to uh, address for a minute because a lot of people that are going through, you know, similar things to what you went through, um, there's, you know, there's a ripple effect and the people around you are going, what, you know, what do we do? How do we help you? They're, they must have been at a loss themselves. Yes, definitely. They were at a loss for many years. Um, they did actually start to um, understand a little bit about what I was experiencing when, um, when they got involved in uh, an organization, which isn't holistic, but it definitely helps with like, with, with uh, family members understanding what's going on with their family members is NAMI, which is a national, I believe it's a national alliance for mental illness. Mm-hmm. And it really does, um, they, my, my mother on her own went through, I believe, like a 12-week course um, to try to understand and said that just even hearing the stories of the other parents, it's almost like going to Al-Anon for, for people who have, yeah. And right. then the other thing was um, a couple of the family weeks and things at some of the psych facilities that I was in helped. But Honestly, to tell you the truth, I feel like they still um, are struggling from what I think of as a little bit of PTSD from that time of what they experienced from me. Because to, to, to bring clarity to people who have never been on um, psych meds and stuff, um, they do cause sometimes memory loss. And you're oftentimes not yourself on them. You're like a back passenger in your life. And so there are definitely things about that time period that I don't remember or are very fuzzy or hazy. And even things from my past that I feel the lithium kind of stole from me where I don't have memories. And, and so um, I always encourage 
friends and family members who either are supporting somebody with mental illness addiction and or that maybe that person has healed, but you can't accept the new them. Because you never, when you go through a radical transformation like I did, I'm, I'm not only am I not the sick Natalie anymore, I'm also not the Natalie I was before I got sick. Uh, She's gone. Right. She died. Yeah, she doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah. Right, because that's, I mean, you're their daughter. And so they, it's almost like they, they lost you twice in a way. Yeah, they, you know, the person who I was before all that happened, I obviously was injured and had things going on for that, for that to occur in my life. And um, that's even, you know, I, I always tell people, even though I had that radical transformation in healing, there's always more healing to have. And every time you up-level your life, um, you, more things from your past will sometimes surface or come out of the tissues, the cells of your body as an opportunity to heal. So that if you want to go to that next level, parts of you, you're going to have to shed parts of yourself. Um, and that's, that's really what started to happen when I took control back of my life is, I, I came to one of those pivotal moments where I knew if I, if I continued doing and living the way I was in that room with the mindset I had, I didn't think I would survive the year. I just figured I would probably just die, um, either of some kind of illness or I might try to take my own life again. So I came to like one of those pivotal aha moments. And I even had one of those again last year where it was like, you know, the, the reckoning, the rumble and the reckoning, you know, that, um, that, that um, Brene Brown talks about where you're like, I'm here again. You know, I have, I have to make radical changes if I want to go to this place that I think I'm headed towards in my life. Uh-huh. So, so you have done what, what I call um, going rogue probably more than once in your life. You know, it's funny because you know who Susie McLaughlin is, right? She's a she's an instructor at Sweeha. I, I think you know who she is. But she calls me a maverick, and it's because I'm always pushing the boundaries of what can should be possible to try to tr tell and prove to people that there's more possible than than that even. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I have found, and that has been one of the hardest things is feeling safe to go rogue and not go into like shame, worry, or fear, because you'll have all of these people who love you along with all of the people who maybe don't like you telling you you're, you shouldn't be doing that. Right. So what, yeah. you, what would you say was the first time that you really had to go rogue and, you know, make a radical shift or do something that was, you know, really by other standards, you know, stepping out of line and it changed the course of your life. What do you think was the first time? Well, I mean, if, if we go further back than when I decided to go off all the psych meds and, you know, find that probably, um, you know, when I first started acting out, 
and I don't know if anybody even resonates with that, but if you've been raised in kind of like a strict, I was raised in a strict Catholic family home um, by helicopter parents before that was even a term. What? And that is, tell us what helicopter parents are, because I have not heard that term. Oh, really? So a helico- helicopter parents are parents that are completely enmeshed in your life and literally have their hands in every aspect of your life. And um, so much so that you can't take care of yourself by the time you're an adult because they've done everything for you. They've made all the decisions for you. And they oftentimes think they know best, but sometimes a helicopter parent isn't tuned into you. They're doing what they think is best based on their values and, and their wants and needs. So my parents were, you know, by all standards, very loving parents, the picture perfect family from the outside. Um, But I felt very suffocated and very unseen and heard by them and was oftentimes forced to do things that just didn't really resonate with me. Nothing bad, Um, but just, you know, that type of parenting. Um, So when I went to college the first time, I was forced to go. And um, I started acting out by just drinking and, and, you know, having sex and doing things that were considered going rogue. But I think that that was the first time that I started to realize, like, that I was my own person. Uh And so then when you fast forward to um, when I, I was on about 11 psych meds, and I had been on them for quite some time. And then again, I worked in mental health. So I had had jobs in psych facilities as a behavioral health tech. I, you know, part of my job was giving, you know, helping hand out medication when I was in group homes and um, all of those things. So when I, when I Googled, um, you know, how to heal naturally from mental illness back in 2009 slash 10, um, that was a huge going rogue. Um, I, found a life coach and she had herself listed as a spiritual hypnotherapist. I didn't even know what Reiki was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she started talking about juicing and um, those are, you know, terms. I remember um, just terms that she said that I wasn't even familiar with. Mm-hmm. And you know what that's like, you know, when somebody starts talking about, um, you know, positive affirmations and all that, that wasn't even, uh, I hadn't even heard of what an affirmation was, let alone like toxic mind mindset. So when I Googled that and I found that there was something that, that something other than psych meds might be the answer. Um, and I went that route, it was completely foreign to not only myself, but to everyone in my family and everyone basically just kind of thought it was going to be one of those other things I tried that wouldn't work. Uh-huh. Right, right. So what do you think, what all of a sudden made you decide one day to Google that, to just go, you know what, I'm, yeah. I'm going from just, I'm going from taking orders and, and following the doctor's instructions and swallowing pills to I'm going to look at some things on my own. What do you think made that switch in you? Well, I tell people, everybody always has their aha moment and one person's paper cut is going to be another person's bullet wound. So you can't force somebody. Yeah. I mean, one person can literally maybe put on five pounds 
And that being that five pounds might be uncomfortable enough for them to make radical dietary changes. And then you might have another person who's getting ready to be a double amputee because they have full neuropathy and wounds in their legs from their diabetes being so out of control and you can't even get them to stop drinking soda. They're ready. So I always just say everyone's is so different. And then you'll always, I think that if you ask for it, um, God, whoever it is that, that speaks to you, whatever you resonate with, well, there will be a moment with your maker that the shift will happen for me. Um, what happened was I was pretty much, um, unable to care for myself and, and the pain was so bad. I was pretty much in bed every day and my mother fell and broke her hip and she was in the hospital and my dad came home and said, Hey, your mom is going to be released in a few days. And if you don't step up to help out around the house and with her, we're going to have to put her in a care facility. And that's really sad because you used to be a nursing assistant and you know how to take care of her. And I, you know, I told him, I said, I can barely even function. And he goes, well, I want you to try to figure that, you know, he's like, you can at least get up, walk down there and help her go to the bathroom and everything um, while I'm at work. Well, my mother had also promised my younger sister that she would watch my nephew um, two days a week uh, when my sister was working. And so my sister had to start, my nephew was still a baby, just probably about five, maybe, or six months old at this time. And so my um, sister started driving my nephew out here for me to watch. And then I was also taking care of my mother with chronic migraines, horrible pain, and being really depressed and suicidal. (laughs) And I, luckily I love babies, but it was very hard for me. And so my moment came when um, I was having a rough day. I had a really bad migraine. And um, Porter was just a delight, thank God, such an easy baby to take care of. But I was trying to uh, rock Porter to sleep and giving him a bottle. And I could just tell he wasn't going to go to sleep. You can tell when a baby's not going to go to sleep. (laughs) You know, you just tell. And I really wanted to get some rest in. And I knew that because he wasn't going to fall asleep, probably my mom was going to need to go to the bathroom within 45 minutes. And I just was overwhelmed by it all. And I started to cry and he looked right into my eyes and touched my face. And it was like, he was speaking in my mind. And sometimes I get still emotional. Um, I used to not There's be able to tell the story, but I've gotten, I've told the story so much, but it was like he was speaking to me in my mind and he touched my face and I heard, I see you. And I just started crying so hard and I thought, oh my gosh, I cannot let this child remember me this way. Um, you know, so angry and, and full of hate and, and pain. And so, um, that night is when I Googled, how do you heal naturally? Because, I mean, I had tried everything else. So I Googled how I just put into Google, how do you heal naturally from mental illness? And I kept getting things um, 
like life coaching and nutrition and, you know, just anything. And I, I found a woman who the, the woman that I ended up working with, um, when I found her, she did a, a free discovery call, kind of like what I do now. And, um, when I called her, she was like, you know, I, I'll only work with, with how sick you are. I'll only work with you if you commit to doing a, a whole package with me and, a, and you stick with me. And so I went in and I did a test session with her, but, um, it, it was, it was in that moment that I was like, I can no longer live this way. I either am not going to make it or, or I have to do something radically different than what I'm doing now. Um, and so that moment was enough for me to hold on to for years, like getting through that. Natalie, that is just an amazing story. I seriously, my eyes just welled up too. And I got goosebumps all over and it's like, you know, you're going the, the baby, the baby, like I know a baby, right? Right. And that's why I even tell people like, you know, you don't, you don't know like what your purpose on this planet is. Yeah. And for, for Porter, that's my nephew who it happened to, he's, he's nine now. And, um, from a young, young age, he has known that one of his was to save my life. Oh, so you've talked to him about that. Oh yes. I mean, from a little age, you know, he has known he's a healer because that's what that is. He has such a highly attuned emotional intelligence. And then the interesting thing was, is um, we told him at such an early age and we knew like that power that he had within him when his younger brother was born, he was born with a hole in his heart and had to have open heart surgery by the time he was um, six months old. And we told Porter, my sister Molly, just anytime uh, Paxton would cry or anything, Molly would say, Porter, just go over and lay your hand on his heart and do your healing stuff with him. And Porter would. And then um, that, I mean, he had such a miraculous fast healing after the surgery. I mean, I think the doctors told him, told my sister that Paxton should have to be in the hospital for about 11 days. And I think they let him go in four or five and they wanted to release him earlier. And the nurses were like, well, let's keep him just one more day to be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, but I, you know, I always tell people your moment might be that it might be something like that, where a child says something to you or does something. It might be a, a phrase you read in a book. Um, it could be a, something that somebody says to you in a grocery store. Right. Um, it doesn't, you know, like just be open to it. And if you're, if you're ready for your life to change, just, just speak that out. And then also remember that like a lot of people just will see the end result of my healing and think that it was like fun. (laughs) And I always let people know, like healing means that you're going to grow just like a growth spurt. So like, there's going to be like awkward moments and pain and, discomfort and crying and tears but if you're just willing to like be in the mystery and the miracle and know that like um you know I tell my clients that part of my favorite time in my life when I look back is that year I spent in bed because if I wouldn't have had that time in my life I wouldn't be here now with you 
mm-hmm. and I wouldn't be able to relate to you and understand what you're going through. So now if I'm in a really different, difficult time in my life, which happens still all the time, I typically will, you know, have a conversation with my future self and be like, I have to remember this moment because I know you're going to look back at me years from now and be like, you rocked me. And thanks for taking one for the team during that time, <laughs> because, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm using all the information that you gather during that time and all the pain that you experienced to, to do what I'm doing now. So, you yeah. know, some, and I call them like those, they're called like, to me, I call them bliss shit moments. It's just shit that Sunday is going to bring me bliss. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when. <laughs> right, right. But you know, but you have faith that it is definitely going to ultimately be your, your yeah. down the road. I have faith. I have faith that this painful moment that I'm experiencing, like, you know, if I future pace it and I do, and I do right by myself, you know, which, you know, is to be in the mystery and to not, you know, like stay in the darkness too long and, and to figure out what the lesson is and, right. you know, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and there, and the, the magic of that is not only do you, you know, not only can you get through that process, probably minimizing your discomfort a little bit, knowing that there's a gift in there down the road for you, even if you don't know what it is right now, but you have faith that it's definitely there. And the, and on top of that, that gift isn't just for you because now you've got something, you know, that other people can benefit from because of your experience in your, you know, discomfort. Yeah. Well, and I always tell people, you know, um, the words talent and gift that, that they mean something more than what we oftentimes look at them as a talent and a gift are something they're given to you. There's something that is so natural that we oftentimes don't realize that it's special um, because it's so easy for us. So when you have um, a or a talent, something that comes naturally to you. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, because I had a little bit of that addiction and a little bit of that wave that you can get with the mental illness, the bipolar disorder, that inspiration, I used that. Um, when I went rogue. So mm-hmm. instead of being addicted to toxic thinking and dark television and laying in my bed all day and being filled with shame and self-hate, I just shifted that energy and became addicted to affirmations and juicing and self-help books and documentaries yes. and, you know, and so um, everybody has something that they just naturally are good at that they might be able to pull from when they're trying to do a radical change. Right. Um, right. It's like a resource mm-hmm. and maybe it's just a resource that you've been misdirecting and you just like pivoted and decided to turn those, those aspects of yourself, those characteristics, or as you call them, some of those addictions, you just, you turn them into a positive vehicle and, instead of a negative. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, when, when you're sharing for me, I share a lot on social media and, um, I'm open a lot about what I'm going through and experiencing. And sometimes I wait until I'm almost healed with it before I share some of the really, you know, I don't always do it right when I'm in the middle of it, but, 
Um, I have found that when you, that, that gift, sharing your gift with others. So I, I received a gift from God when he healed me. And the funny thing is, is that I did say to him every night when I would go to sleep, I would say, please either just take my life tonight or give me a way out of this. And if you help me find a way out of this, I will tell people, <laughs> like, I, I promise you, like, I'll tell anyone who will listen to me what you, what you did for me and how you did it. But I need, you know, one of those two things to happen. And, you know, there were, there were days where I would wake up um, just so mad at him because I was still alive. And, um, so when I did experience the healing and I started to find the answer, um, you know, when I, when I went to the life coach that I started to go, go to, she taught me self-hypnosis and she taught me uh, that mind body connection and she got me into juicing. She said, if I can just ask you to do two things, it would be to do this visualization work and to try to start to add in juicing. And um, with just doing that, in two months, I was off of all 11 psych meds. And most of them I had been, I mean, I had been on the meds for seven years. Wow. In two months. Yes. And so I enrolled in SWEHA, the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, because she also said, I cannot fix you. You have to find your way. And you will heal yourself. I am just going to introduce you to the tools and I'm going to cheer you on and call you on your bullshit. You know, I'm going to get you out of the old programming. And so she said, you're going to have to figure out a way to stay off of those meds and to keep moving forward. And so when I enrolled in Sweha, it was really for personal development work. I chose the program and the degree I chose because that I figured was going to be enough information and education um, to heal me and I knew I couldn't do it on my own. I needed a tribe. I needed people to help me besides my family and the old friends that had gotten me sick. <laughs> um, and you probably resonate with that. You know, we have, it's so important to have your affiliates, your associates, your, your, you know, your people that you're always reaching out to and running things by and, and so when I enrolled it in Sweeha, it was really, you know, to kind of keep myself going. And I was pleasantly surprised. I just made a commitment to myself that anytime I took a class, whatever they taught me, I was going to try to apply into my own life. And I also would let anyone who would let me try it on them, I would. <laughs> um, and so I was, I was really surprised and happily pleased that by the time I was walked out of there 18 months later, I, you know, was back down to 130 pounds and I was, you know, I had healed so many other things in my body. Um, and I have a lot of before after pictures on my website and some blogs that I wrote about it. Um, and so I, I just tell people like, even if they say like, you're going to die, I know people who have been like on IVs in comas, that have they brought back with doing some of this work, you know, and it's just, it's yeah. miraculous, you know, to just, to, and I always tell people, even if you don't heal the illness that you want to heal, um, you'll heal your relationship with it so much that your life will be different. Yes. 
Yes. And I think that's a really, really good point to make because, you know, some things maybe you, you just can't, you know, for whatever reason, for a multitude of reasons, you can't completely do a 180 uh, degree yeah. change. But, but you can, like you say, you can, you can change the relationship and change how you move through life in that situation. Yes. And examples would be if you went through a divorce or you um, perhaps lost a child or um, maybe you lost a limb, you know, those things might not return or grow back. But when you do personal development work and you reach deep inside of yourself for the deeper meaning, you, you turn the burden into bliss in some way. And it might be um, you, you lost an example could be there's a Suiha um, graduate who lost her adult child um, to a car accident. And um, she now works with parents who lost a child to a sudden death. Mm-hmm. And the work is so special to her and her husband. And um, she would not be doing that work if she not had not lost her son. Right. And so sometimes you, you know, you're, once they get to the place where they're full and brimming with health and wellness, um, the, the end result is that you, you just automatically want to give back and share the wealth. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. 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 And that, I think that that's such a great point because when you to that point where you can share and help others, I mean, there's just not a better feeling in the world of knowing that you have somehow in some measure, whether it's big or small, that you have helped somebody feel better about whatever is going on in their life. To be able to be of service in that way, I just don't know of a higher feeling than that, a higher calling. I agree. I do. I agree. And um, it's one of those things where it becomes almost a part of who you are. <laughs> Last year I dated a guy for a hot minute. And part of the reason why it was a hot minute is that he said that it was annoying how into personal development work I was. Oh. And I thought, Oh, he, and he first, he tried to say, I don't like it that you're always talking about work. And I was confused at first. I didn't know what he was talking about. Cause I, I didn't. And then he explained, Oh, you know, the fact that you're always wanting to like, assess what's happening in your life and change it or do he goes that's really annoying to me and I thought well then I'm not the girl for you because (laughs) that's just who I am for the rest of my life I'm always going to be now looking for the deeper meaning trying to become my best self um you know go running to my friends telling them the mistake I just made and how I want to do better (laughs) well it's a good thing that came out real quick (laughs) Right? Yeah. I was glad he was honest with me. And I said, well, we'll just agree to part ways now. <laughs> yes. Thank you for your honesty. We have just saved a lot of time. <laughs> and it does. I tell people, if you decide to embark on, you know, I call it um, the road less traveled. So if you decide to go rogue and take the road less traveled and uh, the, it's going to be different for everybody when you decide to chase your bliss. Um, the, the closer you get to your bliss, you'll find that the road is less traveled because no one else has been there before. It's just for you. 
there's going to be very few people on that road and the people who are on it that are cheering you on um, will get less and less the closer you get to that radical transformation. Um, And I tell people that when you decide to take a journey like this, you might lose some of the people closest to you um, because it will be uncomfortable. And sometimes they'll return later. Um, And then other times it might be that they, the people that, um, you thought were your support or, or for you, they've just now, they no longer serve this part in your life. And the nice thing about doing this work is that usually if you're doing it right, it happens with love and grace. It's a, it, and it doesn't always have to be awful. Um, but you know, your, your, your environment might change, your friends might change, your family might change or the way you spend time with them. Um, and that's all okay, but it, it, it can sometimes be scary and uncomfortable. Sure, sure. Sometimes we get lucky and there are, there are people in our, in our circle that come along with us. And, yes. uh, right. And, that, and then sometimes it just doesn't happen that way. Everyone's in their own place and uh, we outgrow each other. And it's just not everybody's a lifetime assignment. You know, some people are just in your life for a moment or a season and then you move on if you're evolving and it's okay. Yeah. Yes. And, and again, sometimes the people who are in your life for a very short time can be the most important people. Yes. Some people who have literally come into my life and an example of that would be, um, I found out about Suiha through a literally two minute conversation with a woman who passed by me at one of the psych facilities that I was working at. I think she was an angel, mm-hmm. but I, it was, I was fired the next day. And the, it, so I was working at Banner Behavioral Health. It's an amazing um, psych facility in, here in Scottsdale. They're very well known and the hospital itself just is very well known. They have great benefits and they have a 90 day trial that you go through with them. And then they kind of do a review with you. And I was working as a behavioral health tech on their dual diagnosis unit for psych and addictions. And I was a a behavioral health tech that was known for telling and encouraging people to talk to their doctors um, if they were having bad side effects or weren't liking their meds because I was on them and I knew what it felt like to have bad side effects. Well, they didn't like that. (laughs) Um, And so the night before I got called into that office, I passed by a woman who um, was coming um, on for the night shift. So she was going to be working. I had never seen her before. And I was coming off of the second shift and I made a comment that I would hate to work the overnight shift to her. And she said, oh, I love it because I go to school at Suiha from 10 to 6 and I drive here afterwards. I clock in at 1030. I work all night and then I could take my daughter to school in the morning and then I go home and sleep or study. And I said, what's Suiha? <laughs> and what? she said, oh, it's this amazing school that help, I'm, that helps you heal naturally and has all these holistic modalities. And I plan on um, using everything I learned there to help people get off of all of these medications and not have to take them. And I thought, oh, I would love to do that, right? You know? Yeah. And um, 
So I thought I would love to do that. And she said, well, you should go to Gifts and Graces. It's a free event they have the first Friday of every month, and you can experience all their modalities, and they have a talk. It's really great. And I thought, okay, cool, I'll do that. So I walk out, I leave. The next day, they let me go. And then later that afternoon, I found out that the man I was dating who worked there was married. And Lori, I had no like confidence at that time, no sense of self. I was, I didn't think that I was good enough for that job in the first place. And so the way I responded was to just quit my life. My parents were like, you can't live on your own anymore. Move in with us. And within two weeks, I was so ashamed um, that I was homebound and bedridden and I didn't leave that room. And so the reason why I'm telling this story is that I didn't use any of the information that God sent me that day when that woman told me about Suiha. Instead, I went to shame. And when the life coach that I was working with, fast forward a year or so later, said, you need to get out there and start living your life and get involved in things, I, again, just went home that night and I, I hear whispers and I always tell my clients and for the people who are listening, you'll know how you get your information from God. And so I just heard in my mind, gifts and graces. And I thought, oh yeah, what was that again? And so I Googled it and um, I, I, it was literally happening within a few days. So I went to the gifts and graces was so moved by what I experienced that night that that Monday I walked into Suiha and I enrolled. Now I reached out to somebody who worked at Banner and I was telling them that story and they said that there was no one by that woman's description who worked there. And she was, she was black. So, so we had a very like you know, like it was just, they're like, there's nobody who was black who worked on your unit who did the night shift then. And I was like, I think she was an angel. I don't think she existed. (laughs) I think, I think I got fired the next day because I was no longer needed there. Sure. I, I got the information I needed. I wasn't a good fit for that job. And it was up to me to do to, to take the information and run with it. And I chose not to, I chose to do what I did. And so I tell people, you know, you're, you'll know, like some people will take the first sign. Some people will hear the second sign. I, and if you don't, God will ground you. He will knock you over so fast that you won't know what hit you. And so now I try to listen to the signs. I don't let it be the first, the third, you know, like the first time I hear it, I'm like, oh, I should listen to this because if I don't, I might end up homebound and back with it. <laughs> right, right. Well, sometimes it takes uh, a few experiences before you're able to kind of rise above it all, look back, analyze, and actually see the pattern and go, okay, I see what happened. I see what I did and didn't do more than once. I get it now. And so now you can catch it right away. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And if those two experiences somehow happened in my life right now, if I, you know, got let go from a job or maybe a contract that I had with somebody ended 
And then I found out that a man that I had been dating was hiding things from me. Um, I, I love myself enough now, luckily that I would be like, Ooh, I wonder what the bigger picture is behind this. I probably am not a good fit for this job. And well, he's a hot mess. And what did I miss? What were the signs that I missed with him that Mm -hmm. could have told me that, that, you know, this wasn't a good fit. Um, and so, and if I'm not doing that, then I know I'm not doing well and I need a coaching session (laughs) or I need to reach out to my mentor or somebody to to talk me through it. I don't know. Do you have a, I have a a mentor I talk to every week. Um, So I have a mentor that I talk to every week um, who I've known since I was um, I think in third or fourth grade, she's a psychotherapist. Um, And then um, yeah, we have a weekly call just to check in. And then I try to do, you know, coaching and, and hypno and whatever I can get myself involved in um, as regularly as possible. Right. And so currently um, you, I mean, you have your private practice and then you are still uh, one of the instructors, right? Teaching life coaching at the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts and then, and also uh, hypnotherapy, correct? Yep. I support Linda Bennett with the hypnotherapy program. So I help out with the certification and the hypno clinic. And sometimes I'll cover, you know, classes for her and some of the other ones, but you know, she basically, I don't, if you ever have a chance and you're interested in taking hypnotherapy and you have a chance to go to the Southwest Institute of Healing Arts, she is just phenomenal and um, has won some awards, but really uh, does a good job of giving you a really solid base and an ethical foundation for setting up a good practice. Um, And then I, yeah, which is important because some people have experienced more of like hypnosis and, and kind of stage hypnosis or like fast, what's called fast inductions where somebody, you know, tells you to go to sleep and then tells you that cigarettes taste like, you know, poop or something. That's, (laughs) That's different than what you learn at, 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 at you know, at Sweetheart. Yeah, so um, for, for our listeners, Natalie, who may not be familiar with hypnotherapy, just, um, if you don't mind, give a, just a quick explanation of, of what that is and how it works so they do know the difference. Well, if you're doing trans, transpersonal hypnotherapy, which is what I practice, um, what I'm doing is I'm helping you to um, achieve a relaxed state. And usually you're doing that by using guided imagery. So I'm, I'm making imagery suggestions to you. I'm playing soft music. I'm helping you with your breathing. And based on the um, interview that I've done with you and the coaching that we've done, you might have something that you want to um, break free of or, or explore. So it could be a physical Um, or a health issue, or it might be something emotional. Um, So a lot will be, um, an example could be, I work with a lot of women who have gone through trauma, um, physical and emotional uh, trauma, abuse, and relationships. So maybe um, she comes in and she wants to break free of um, kind of toxic, being in toxic relationships with men. And she thinks it's about things that happened to her when she was a child with her dad. Um, so we would be able to use different techniques that I use to get that person relaxed and your subconscious mind stores all of the information from your current life, 
any life you've ever lived. And even your parents' memories are kind of within your subconscious mind, within your tissues, your cells. Um, and when you are very relaxed, you have access to that mind. So your hypnotherapist is really just your guide. And we have tools and techniques that will help you access the parts of your mind that have all the information you would need to heal, to understand, to let go, to change the uh, behavior or the memory in a way that will serve you and kind of send that new messaging to your conscious mind and your everyday life. Um, and so what I'm doing is guiding people through a process where they're accessing the deeper part of themselves, changing the way they relate to the issue or however that is, is stored within them. We have energy blocks that can kind of store in your body. So if you had a traumatic moment or an experience, it might be stored in your shoulder or in your knee or in your thyroid or in your fingers. And it might be showing up as your arthritis in your hands or yeah. um, the pain in your knee. Yeah. So all of those kind of things can be explored and healed in hypnotherapy. And there's a, I um, will send to you um, so that you can kind of link it in the show notes below. I have two really good blogs that I've written on um, how hypnotherapy works, and then how you can use self-hypnosis, um, which is very powerful. And just for all the listeners that are listening, um, when I was able to get off of the psych meds within two months, that was all through self-hypnosis. Amazing. So that was all. And a really good book um, is The Power of Your Subconscious Mind by Joseph Murphy. It's an oldie, but goodie. It was written in the 60s. They rewrote it several years ago. Um, but he was a doctor who um, had brain, uh, uh, like a tumor in his brain and healed himself using visualization and then wrote a whole book on what him and his patients did using um, the subconscious and visualization. And um, if you're somebody who maybe has some misconceptions about hypnotherapy or are on the fence about it because of your religious beliefs. He also um, breaks down Bible scriptures and ways that the Bible references our innate ability to heal and access that deeper spiritual part of ourselves. For oh, healing. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, it, it, she, yeah, it was very helpful because when I went and worked with the woman I worked with, again, I was really locked into some old programming. Um, and I needed, um, I needed to be broken out of that. And one of them was kind of coming from things from like old Bible verses and old ways of thinking. Um, so I really appreciated that book and all of the tools that it offered me. Um, and it's a very easy breakdown of the subconscious and how it works and how it's storing information. Um, I, if the if the world read that book, we would probably be able to completely heal within ten years. Excellent, like the whole world. Yeah, excellent suggestion. <laughs> so let's uh, let's all make a, an agreement to go yeah, out to read. <laughs> and get that. Book. And it's on it, it's on Audible. So if you're somebody who isn't a big reader and you need to listen to your books, yeah. Um, it is on, it is available in audio. 
Yeah, not wanting to be a, a, a book reader is no longer an excuse. <laughs> you can still... You know, it's so funny because people will try to use that. And I do, I have noticed that if you're struggling um, with adrenal fatigue or when I was on those psych meds, I couldn't read. Like um, the words were really fuzzy and I oftentimes couldn't retain information. Mm-hmm. But fun fact, um, your subconscious mind is always awake, always alert, and always listening. So you can um, listen to audiobooks, and sometimes when you're not paying attention, when you're cleaning and when you're, you know, going about your day or maybe when you're driving, that you'd be surprised at how much it's really going into the deeper parts of yourself. And you'll later in life read something or you'll hear something and you'll be like, how do I know that? Yeah, (laughs) right. Yeah. And then you also, we learned at Sweeha in the energy anatomy class that I took that um, because your subconscious mind does not have limits of time and space, um, you can simply read, you can sleep with reading material next to you or in your room and your subconscious mind can read it at night. (laughs) So I, I literally go to sleep every night with books next to me. And I just, before I fall asleep, I say to my subconscious mind, feel free to read anything that's here and, um, (laughs) you know, absorb all this stuff around me because, and I know that it's true because when I use regression work with people, I will oftentimes have adults come in and regress two times that they were in their car seat or in utero, and they will um, go back and verify conversations that they overheard with parents or people um, to the extent of, I know I had a client who um, came to me around feeling like she didn't belong in this world and didn't have a right to exist. And it took her to when her mother went to an abortion clinic to get an abortion and was on the table when she had second thoughts and ran out and um, never shared that with her daughter. And so she, after the session, she said, I wonder, I feel like I'm making that up. And I said, well, you could always go and ask your mom. And she did. And her mother literally was like, how would you know that? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so I tell people, you know, don't, don't not only doubt the power of your subconscious mind to now learn things, but also know that some of the things that you're struggling with now as an adult are a result of things that might not even be traumatic, but just things that you overheard as a child, Yeah, you know, um, where you just decided that was true, you know, and now you're running from that, that old memory and, um, you can, you can kind of release that from the subconscious and tell it something different if you need to. Yeah, exactly. Well, I should be, um, I should be getting smarter by the day because I'm surrounded by about 300 books in my bedroom. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, I love it. Yes, you should. I love and- a book fanatic. So yes, they're, they're stacked up on my nightstand. I've got two different bookshelves and they are full of books. Um, probably 98% of them I've read, you know, and I'm a 
a crazy book person, so I'm getting new books every week. Um, but yeah, what I like about your story, though, is I'm going to actually do the same thing. I'm going to I'm going to start adding in the uh, invitation every night <laughs> to my subconscious to please feel free to go back and revisit or read the new one I haven't cracked open yet. Um, just go ahead and don't wait for me. Just jump on in there. I like that. Yes. <laughs> And I also tell my subconscious mind that I'm, I'm open to receiving um, downloads. So an example could be, um, I did not know anything about technology when I started my business, but money was really tight. So I, I taught myself how to build websites and do all my own social media and, and my images, but it, it took a while. And so every night before I would go to bed and then every day, I would say to like my subconscious mind and my higher self, I would, I know that somewhere in some time and space, I know how to do this. And I want you to download that information to me now. Um, and so I'll just say to, um, and I especially say this in people's sessions. So right before I bring them out, whatever they want. So let's say they, somebody, um, I have a teenager and he's trying to learn um, what he needs to learn for his upcoming test. I will just say to the subconscious mind, please uh, receive all of the information that his higher self already knows from all of the books and all of the places I'm asking you to recreate the neural pathways of his mind um, in a way that this information will become easy and automatic and effortless. And you can say that to yourself all day long. You can just say, uh, subconscious mind, I am saying that I want all of my tissues and my cells to be running at optimal health. I say yes to my thyroid working. You know, whatever it is that you want to do, your subconscious mind somewhere knows what that is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, can reach through time and space. And it might be that the way your, your subconscious mind helps you is that, it guides you to sitting down at a chair and next to you is the magazine article that you're going to read that tells you about the doctor that helps you heal your thyroid. Like yeah. you don't, you know, like you just don't know how it's going to get you the information and you don't need to care. Right. You're just like, yes, either you're going to learn how to build a site or a website or somebody is going to show up and be like, oh, I've, I've been dying to build somebody a website. I'll do that for you. For free. <laughs> right, like, right. Your job is I'll just be to be open to allowing it to happen and flow to yeah. you. Just receive yeah. it. Just receive it. And you oftentimes will hear funny things like the person, an example could be, I recently decided that I wanted to start uh, to teach myself photography. I wanted a professional photographer. It felt insane to go out and buy one when I didn't know anything about it. So I just told my subconscious mind that I wanted somebody to give me a camera, somebody who bought a camera impulsively and never uses it. And I wanted it to be easy and effortless and, and you know, whatever. So I started doing a meet and greet um, for practitioners when I lived in Sedona. And everybody told me that it was a waste of time. I wasn't charging for it. Why are you doing it? I met so many amazing people through that, that I needed to meet. And I was at one of those meet and greets. We were taking photos and I made um, a joke that soon we would have a professional camera there that would give us better photos, but I needed to manifest one. And literally Lori, this woman, 
came up to me and she's like, Hey, I, I've been trying to think of who I can give this camera to, um, (laughs) that I bought impulsively. And she goes, I literally don't even know how to use it. I've only taken pictures of my dog. It's just sitting there. I'm going to give it to you. And it was a, I don't know, $700 Nikon with all of the attachments and everything. And she just gave it to me. That's amazing. Don't you just love the law of attraction? Wow. Yes. And, and so, and, and it was funny because she's like, that is so weird. Cause I literally just thought to myself, who can I give this to? And so, um, I always tell people like, just be in that, that energy mystery of like your subconscious mind is connected to the other people who are a part of your journey. And, you know, even the people who happen to come across this podcast, like it's perfect. Like, you know, whoever's listening to this right now needed to hear this today. Um, And, you know, no matter if they reach out or they read the book or not, it's always perfect. Exactly. Divine timing. It's always right on time, right? Yeah. Yes, for sure. So even though, let me get your take on this, even though the, the whole field of holistic health care, you know, alternative medicine. It's just, I mean, it's exploding and it's just growing exponentially every day. Um, people have more access to these, you know, alternative modalities and all kinds of ways to learn self-healing now, no matter, you know, where they turn, whether it's um, an acquaintance or a friend or a relative, or you, you know, go to Google, um, there's classes. Yeah. Master classes. I mean, it's everywhere, right? And at the same time that we know more than we've ever known and we have more access than we've ever had, it seems like at that same time, the pharmaceutical industry continues to grow as well. And it, it's yeah. like they're in a major competition with holistic health, right? I mean, what what do you think about that? What does that say to you about you know the future? Where are we going when it comes to health. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I, I, I do, I do feel like we, you know, it could, it it really can go both ways because I, I feel like there's things that they're trying to do to take the legitimacy of what holistic health is away. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like there's more and more and more people waking up to, to the fact that, um, traditional, like, you know, regular medicine oftentimes isn't helping and sometimes even harming us. Um, so I think we're, we're, we're moving into a really interesting time. And I think that, um, what I'm noticing even with corporations is more and more of them have holistic health options. Yes, and have have things incorporated into it now that will reward you for being healthy, you know, and that's that's right. where I hope we move towards. Um, I'm excited um, because I think that if if we can get some of the kids that are coming in to really move in that direction, then we'll have you know a really We'll, we'll have some good shifts. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern with the children 
that we have coming through in these days is the technology um, and them moving away from what is natural because they're so used to technology. Um, so when you're always, you know, have technology in your hands, you sometimes forget to go and enjoy the tree outside. Yeah. You know? When yeah. you when you when you always are indoors, you forget that the actual frequency that comes from the ground touching yeah. your bare feet heals you. Yeah. Yep. Um, so so we're in a really exciting time where we have people who you know are choosing to do, you know, that more natural route and incorporate it in. And then we do have a lot of, um, you know, the addiction that's coming from like pain meds and those kind of things where um, that, that's moving in, in really a, a epidemic and dangerous almost. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it really is. It's So it's really interesting because it seems like these, these two uh, we'll call it industries, even though, you know, I don't think holistic health is really like an industry, but just for lack of a better word, but it does seem like there is a, it's like a race to who's going to, who's going to triumph, you know, <laughs> the pharmaceutical industry and traditional medicine, or is the uh, alternative medicine and, and holistic healing and all that going to be able to hold its own you know what I mean which I think it will I absolutely believe that but but it's just a fascinating time that's right now with all of this going on because you're right the uh, it's an epidemic with uh you know the um the whole opiate uh opioid addiction uh issues and that's all there's just a lot it's just so much and it's fascinating to see um, how things are unfolding. And fortunately, because we now have access to everything, we don't have to wait for somebody else to inform us about something. We can, if we want to know about something, we can find it ourselves. Yes. And that, and, and that is what I tell people is the most exciting thing. No matter if you're choosing to go a traditional route, or if you're choosing to go the holistic route, what I always tell people is the mistake that I made that was almost fatal is that I put the power into somebody else's hands for my health. And I also ignored my gut and my own knowing about myself and my body and gave and let somebody else answer those questions for me. And so I, what I always tell people, if I can give you one piece of advice, is know that you know what's best for you always. And that just because somebody tells you not to do something or it's not going to work or that you're crazy doesn't mean it's true. Trust your gut. Trust that what you're, what's coming to you, like I shouldn't take that med or this doesn't feel right or I think I want to look into this first before I say yes to this surgery. Like my dad was playing with my nephews uh, last summer in the pool. And after they left, he was really having a hard time moving his shoulder. It really hurt bad. I kept encouraging him to go to a chiropractor. And I said, you know, you, you just let him look at it. And I gave him a documentary to watch on it and everything. He went to a regular traditional, you know, doctor first, and they scheduled him for an MRI and a surgery. 
And I said to my, I just begged my dad. I was like, please, before you go and do this, just talk to a chiropractor. And within three adjustments, my dad was fine. And so I tell people like, just because this doctor with a degree is telling you, you need this does not mean it's true. And you have a right to let your fingers do the walking and go look on Google. And, and, and then you also have a right to interview whoever you're thinking of working with. And so you know, I tell people the discovery call is a mutual interview. I'm going to interview you to see if you're a good fit for the work I do. And you have every right to ask me questions and to make sure that I'm a good fit for you. And um, you have a right to fire somebody if you think that they are not hearing you or listening to you. And, um, that you know, I have had doctors roll their eyes at me, laugh at me. Um, tell me that the things that I'm thinking about doing will never work. And I had that same doctor when I got off my last medication, which was the thyroid medication, ask me for my business card. You know, when I was like, I'm just so you know, I'm never coming back here again. And I haven't been to like, I don't have, you know, I still I, I take the, um, the fine for Obamacare. I don't, I don't pay for insurance. I, if I go to a naturopathic doctor, I pay cash. Um, but I've been to the doctor just a few times um, over the course of the last seven years. And in every aspect, I ended up finding the answer. Like I went to them, I listened to what they had to say. I found tons of things that I was like, that does not resonate with me. And after I did my exploratory work, it ended up being that I found the answer for what was wrong. And, you know, so I always tell people like trust that you have within you, or you could at least hire the team of people to help you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. If if you don't have the, you know, the, the motivation or the initiative or the, the, whatever it is to do your own research, there are people, like you say, there, there are teams of people that you can enlist on your behalf to help you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And and it might even be, you know, that you're like, gosh, I need, you know, I think I'm going to look for a coach, a chiropractor, a body worker, a naturopath. You know, I'm going to go around and I'm going to interview some people and anyone and, and just like there's actual doctors that maybe have horrible bedside manner or feel they rush you through the appointment or you hate the receptionist (laughs) you're gonna have you're gonna have that same thing with the holistic health you know industry and so if you get like the creep vibe from somebody or you feel like maybe they're like a charlatan or being unethical like that trust that too you know and and be like gosh this person doesn't seem to be you know, really helping me in a way that I think, I think it's, you know, our, it's time for us to move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to the uh, intuition that's coming to you and just follow it. It it really won't lead you astray. Um, Tell me uh, quickly about the online courses that you are developing. Yeah. So gosh, and they, it always takes so much longer than you think. Right. And I keep, um, 
thinking probably I'm just giving people too much information. <laughs> um, but I will be hopefully soon um, launching kind of an online community. And then uh, within that community, I will be doing a little bit like what you're doing where there uh, people will have access to podcasts and blogs and videos mm-hmm. of me interviewing other practitioners and featuring modalities and things that have helped me along the way. And then the first online course that I will probably launch is going to be specifically on how to use the elements and nature to keep your body and mind balanced. So I always, yeah, I always tell everybody I was able to get off of all of those psych meds using uh, self-hypnosis, which is a part of um, the elements as well. It fits in um, really well with the elements and, Um, the subconscious uh, mind goes with the water element or the sacral chakra, but the way I was able to stay balanced and almost kind of be my own, what I call like a metaphysician or -hmm. your own doctor is by applying the elements into my daily life. Okay. So so give us a couple of specific tips. Like that's awesome that you would suggest, um, you know, listeners that are, maybe this is still new to them, this whole holistic healing and really taking their health into their own hands. What are a few things that you could just quickly tell them to try and just get a feel for it? If you wanted to work with the elements um, and just kind of see what they can do for you, I would probably recommend grounding to just get started, which would be the daily practice of connecting to the energy of the earth. The best and fastest way to do it, and sometimes in cold weather, it can be a little hard, is to just get your bare feet connected to the earth. Um, and I will send you a couple videos that they can um, to, to, can watch through, um, you know, through, the, through links. But um, there's now scientific proof that grounding and the energy that is emitted from the earth can reduce 90% of the inflammation in your body within 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. And so if they could get out every day, walk in nature, touch a tree, um, really get connected to the energy of the earth, most illnesses are inflammation based, even mental illness. So if you have chronic pain, if you have ADD, if you have anxiety, if you have uh, depression, um, any of those things, you will notice a drastic difference if you are doing that every day. And the nice thing is, is you can also get grounding mats and grounding sheets um, and things that you can connect to your body if you can't get outside. So like right now, yeah, this week it was like negative 50 in Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> so, I was always like, going to say, so my friends and family in, in, in the north, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're like, that's not going to happen for quite a few months. What do we do in the meantime? Definitely. That would be when um, Clinton Ober, who wrote the book Earthing, which again, I'll kind of send that over. He wrote this amazing book, Earthing. Um, and he has a little grounding kit that you can get the earthing book, a little grounding mat, the documentary, it's only $39 or something. It's pretty cheap or it might even be 29. Um, so I always recommend something like that, especially if you are indoors in an office under fluorescent lights all day, you might want to have a grounding mat that you put your feet on while you're working. Um, you can also put plants and stuff in your house. 
So surrounding yourself with like nature and life. Um, I oftentimes will even do something like listen to nature sounds. Like, so I'll play like a nature sound app in my house to try to connect to the elements in some way. And even things like just going and running water over your hands. So, you know, any way that you can kind of, if you walk outside and just let the sun touch your face for a little bit. Um, If you open your eyes in the early morning when the sun is rising and you allow the sunshine to just go into your eyes, that energy of the sun moving, especially through the retinas, very healing, very healing. Um, And so there's also foods that you can reach for. So um, that's the exciting thing about the element course that I'm launching is um, if you're struggling with ADD or anxiety, there's foods that you can reach for that would um, ground you into your body. Or if you're really depressed and you can't get out of bed, there's foods that you can reach for that would bring more of that air energy into your, and, you know, you'd feel light and, and yeah. you have, you know, more ideas. And so my, my hope is to bring something to the public that, um, is almost like their own system of healing where if something's going on in their body or in their child's body, they will be able to instantly be like, I know what element that is. And I know what I could do to heal that, or at least bring myself back to a place of balance and calm Um, and be able to go and reference it. And then the same thing goes with the mood. If all of a sudden they find themselves feeling really angry they might be like, you know what, I wonder if I got something going on with my liver right now or um, if I have some adrenal issues because I know that that is the same element. Right. I'm working with my fire. Yeah, and so uh, if I, the, it's not the best for business, but the more I can get people not dependent on somebody else, the better. Yeah, <laughs> including, no, Yeah, including me. So, um, you know, my job is all to me, my job is, what can I do to empower my clients so that they really don't need me? Yes. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So grounding would probably be the thing that, you know, if I only had one session with somebody, and I wanted them to be able to take something with them that they could continue to use and maybe see results long term, I would probably teach them about grounding. Love it. That's awesome. And yeah, and everyone can do that. It's at least at some point in some way, shape or form, everybody can do that. And really, it doesn't cost you anything unless unless it's 50 below and you're in Chicago or Minneapolis and you need to get a little something, something to hold you over till spring. (laughs) But uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that's wonderful. That's going to be an amazing online course. I'm excited for you. So before I ask you about my, my last question of our interview, um, why don't you please uh, take a minute and tell our guests uh, or our listeners, excuse me, where they can find you, your services and what you have to offer in the world. Yeah, well, so I will only at the time this podcast um, comes out, I will only be in the U.S. for about another week, week and a half. And then. On March 5th, I'm going to be headed to Costa Rica for about 90 days at least. And there I will be um, working on a book and um, doing some sessions with a woman who's going to be co-writing the book with me. 
and uh, working on my photography. And I will be available for virtual sessions. And then um, during that time should be when I'm doing more of the online community and teaching of the elements. Um, so you can find out more about that and what I'm doing by going to uh, blissfullivingbynatalie.com. And on there, if for some reason something that I've talked about today really resonates with you or you want to know a little bit more about what it would look like if you were to partner with me as a client, they should be able to see uh, throughout the website, schedule a discovery call today. And if they want to, it'll ask where they heard about me. And if they put, you know, this podcast and um, your name and everything, then I will um, give them a, a discount on, you know, all of the little things I have going on. Oh, so, nice. Okay. So it's yeah, blissfullivingbynatalie.com? Yep. Blissfullivingbynatalie.com. And then if they wanted to follow me on social media, I'm on Instagram at Natalie Blissketcher. And then on Facebook, they'll be able to find me on both platforms very easily if they just use hashtag Blisscatcher. Um, I have a couple different pages on, on each of those platforms. And I do um, a lot of tips on self-healing. And I love to share out. I'm a big reader like you. So I'm always sharing out the books I've read and, you know, the documentaries that I've watched and other healers and products that I've tried that are really working for me. Um, and that's what, yeah, the online community will be a lot about that. And the reason why I'll be doing the online community is it will be um, specifically a sacred safe place for people who want to share and process um, healing from abuse. And so it kind of takes it into a private forum um, where people, if there's one thing I get, it's, I would like to like your comments more or participate more in your discussions, but my family is watching my feed. Yeah. I can't participate as much or um, I would love to do that, but you know, I, I, my husband is on Facebook with me and I, I can't talk about that openly, um, but they want a place to do it. So, so I'll be moving more into that and it'll be a, a very specific thing for people who are trying to do uh, radical uh, healing and personal development work and, um, you know, really want to talk about some very raw things um, sure. within that group. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And then if they go to your website and uh, yes, they want to, um, to work with you, they can uh, say, mention the We're Talking Shit podcast and you will have a discount for them. Yeah. If they want to do it, what I usually do is normally if somebody does some work with me, um, they do a package. But if somebody is listening to this podcast today, um, I will do a 90 minute virtual session with you. And usually I let them choose, but it's typically a combination of coaching and, and uh, subconscious work. Um, so I'll do a 90 minute virtual session for 111. And normally uh, that's about $77 off. Yeah. So if they that's just mentioned talking, talking shift, um, they can, they can kind of try it out because sometimes people, um, are a little bit hesitant with the virtual, but I find, I don't know about you, but I get just as good a results virtually as I do definitely. in person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. 
Um, yeah. That is a wonderful yeah. offer. So I hope, uh, yes, I hope some listeners take you up on it. That's a great deal. So thank you for offering that to us. Excellent. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. And that is, Natalie, what would you like to share with our listeners about the value of going rogue? Mm, Oh, my gosh. Well, I love to go rogue. (laughs) What am I saying? (laughs) Um, I think the value of going rogue is that... um, that it, when you get to the end, whether it works or it doesn't work, you know you gave it your all. Like, you know that you you trusted your gut, and even if what you did seemed crazy to everyone else, um, you did it. And um, you did it despite what other people said could happen or would happen, um, so I, I do feel, you know, and to me, I don't know the, the type of people who listen to your podcast, but one of the biggest people who I think went rogue was Jesus Christ. Definitely. I mean, he went big time rogue. Definitely. <laughs> and so I always just use him as an example. Like he died with people hating him. And they killed him. And so, you know, in the the long run, like I always tell people, like, if you're really going rogue and you're really chasing your bliss, you are going to have more enemies than you have friends. Um, Every day is going to be really uncomfortable. But if you do it the way that, you know, he showed us how you you will like radically transform yourself, your life, maybe the world. Um, So I think that going rogue is like a good thing. That's my, I, that's my. I love it. I love it. That's so funny you say that too, because I was seriously thinking the same thing just a couple yeah. of weeks ago. So, and I've never like you know um, verbalized that to anybody. So it's so funny that you say that. But I hear you. I think that's awesome. That is a great. That's a great takeaway. Thank you so much, Natalie. This has been a really interesting conversation, and I love everything that you've shared. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. So thank you for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yes. Well, you are going to have a lot of fun in Costa Rica. I, uh, I'm jealous, and I, I am so excited about what you're producing and putting out into the world, and we will stay in touch and have safe travels. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you, Natalie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, I am so jealous about going to Costa Rica. That's where Natalie is heading next. But at least we got to catch her for a little bit before she took off. That was a really interesting conversation. So if you liked what you heard today, go ahead and check out we'retalkingshift.com. Leave me some comments. I'd love to hear your thoughts about the guests and the show. And all the links to social media are on there as well. If you're trying to make some shift happen in your life and you would like some private coaching with me, then please connect me uh, or connect with me on any of the social media platforms or through we'retalkingshift.com or lauriebischoff.com. Thank you all so much for listening. And until we meet again next week, stay feisty, my friends, and go make some shift happen in your own life. You too, Gary V. The preceding podcast was a TJ DeSantis production. Comments, questions, and inquiries can be directed to desantisprod at gmail.com.